0: If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2022, please make a year-end tax-deductible gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism, and a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at IssuesETC.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2022
1: name of wondrous love, name
0: all other names above, unto which must every knee bow in deep The Lutheran Public Radio Choir with the hymn, Jesus' Name of Wondrous Love. The Church looks forward to both the naming of Jesus and His circumcision. Why that second subject here in the Christmas season? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be looking forward to Sunday morning in the one-year lectionary, the circumcision and the naming of Jesus. Pastor Peter Bender will be our guest. An hour from now, we'll study the Christmas hymn, Let All Together Praise Our God with Pastor Will Whedon. Pastor Peter Bender is pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin, and director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. Peter, welcome back.
2: Good to be with you on this threshold of a new year, Todd.
0: I think you're right when you say that in order to rightly remember the circumcision of Jesus, we, most Christians, really need some basic catechesis on circumcision in the scriptures. Go ahead and provide that.
2: Well, I think that if you would ask a... Person on the street uh, about what do you think about the Christian Church celebrating the circumcision of Jesus? They would say celebrating what? You know, I mean, uh, even people who don't believe can have sort of a, a romantic attraction to the idea of the Holy Family going to Bethlehem and and the birth of Jesus because there was no room in the inn and so he was born in a stable and laid in a manger. But but what on earth is going on here with? circumcision and then to actually celebrate it i mean it talk about confounding human reason and the foolishness of the cross which is central to our salvation i think the circumcision of our lord fits right in with that same questioning of the world around us so i think that even for the uh, dedicated christian Understanding circumcision from the Old Testament point of view, having a catechesis on it is really critical. Circumcision, as we know, was the sign given to Abraham that was connected with the promise. So circumcision is associated with faith. And when I say the word faith, I'd like to really pull that apart and talk about these Latin expressions, fides qua creditur, which is the trust of the heart. And then fides qua creditor, the content of that trust, or the content of that faith, or that which is believed. So I think most Americans think of, they'll have expressions like, you got to have faith, and that's just simply positive thinking, wishing things will be okay. But for us as Christians, faith, this fides qua, the trust of the heart, always has an object, and that object is Christ, it's the gospel, it is the promise of salvation. So in terms of Abraham it was that promise I will make of you a great nation and in your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So circumcision cannot be understood apart from this idea that faith trusts in God's promise of salvation in the gospel. Circumcision was associated with both the trust of the heart and the object of that trust. But the object of faith the promise or content of faith must always come first. So God first called Abraham by a promise. And out of that call in the promise, faith in the heart was created. So God makes a promise that calls forth faith. Circumcision was the physical sign associated with God's promise made to Abraham. So the promise is made by God. The promise is received by faith. Those who received the promise and believed were then circumcised. Both the promise God made and the faith that apprehended the promise constituted the covenant of circumcision. It was a unilateral covenant from God to Abraham and his seed. Abraham's faith was created by the promise and received that promise. So the sign of circumcision, which is the outward act of snipping the foreskin of the male, confessed that God alone was the source of salvation by his work and not by our work. And that is very much associated with circumcision. It was done to the child, or even a man who was a convert brought into the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was done to them. They didn't circumcise themselves. So the sign of circumcision confessed that God alone was the source of salvation by his work and not by our work.
0: What was then at the heart of the promise that God made in circumcision to Abraham?
2: It's found in that promise where God says, it starts in chapter 12 and chapter 15, chapter 17 then of Genesis, in your seed, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And this means that the offspring of Abraham was at the heart of God's covenant with Abraham. Every son born according to God's promise could be called a son of the promise. The ultimate son of the promise, of course, then was Jesus, the seed through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed with forgiveness, life, and salvation through what he did.
0: Why circumcision?
2: The cutting off of the foreskin of the male, as I said, it sounds absurd to human reason, doesn't it? And what this particular sign does is it accentuates that salvation— Is entirely dependent upon God's grace for its fulfillment and not at all upon our works. Think about it. Abraham received the promise of the Lord for the first time at the age of 75. But the sign of circumcision was given to him at the age of 99. He was waiting from the time of 75 till 99, still no son was born, no son was born. There's the incident with Hagar and Ishmael, where Sarai says, here, take my maidservant Hagar and conceive a child by her. It was sort of their attempt to help God keep his promise. So the sign of circumcision was given to him at the age of 99. Isaac was to be conceived that very year for he was born when Abraham was 100 years old. And one might say that it was nearly impossible for a 99-year-old man to impregnate his 89-year-old wife after having been newly circumcised, but that was what lay before him. So this is, I would like to argue, divine comedy at its best. And the joke was not lost on Abraham and Sarah. I mean, they laughed at the notion that at their age and after Abraham is circumcised, that uh, he would then be impregnating his wife. No wonder God named the son Isaac, which means laughter. It was divine comedy and a divine joke at its best. But what it underscores again, Todd, is this total dependence upon God's grace and the promise of the gospel embedded in that promise made to Abraham, which is what faith, the trust of the heart, clings to, even though it seems to make no sense whatsoever to human reason.
0: When was circumcision ordinarily to be administered?
2: Well, initially, when God gave the covenant of circumcision to Abraham in Genesis 17. All the males, regardless of age, who were part of Abraham's household, were to be circumcised at that time. Thereafter, any Gentile man who was converted to the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in that promise made to the patriarchs was then circumcised. But from the time God gave the covenant of circumcision to Abraham, from that time forward in the household of faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all of their descendants, Every male child of Abraham's descendants were to be circumcised and then named at eight days of age. And the eighth day is significant. You think about the days of creation, seven days. of uh, The days of the Redemption Week, Holy Week, seven days. But the eighth day has always been in history of the church an eschatological day, that is to say, a day that looks forward to the new creation, to the resurrection, to the eternal day. So the eighth day points forward to the hope of the new creation when the corruption of sin in our flesh will be forever eradicated in the resurrection. He'll wipe all tears from our eyes and so forth. So the circumcision on the eighth day, the naming on the eighth day, it bespeaks the fulfillment of that very promise of eternal blessing uh, that was made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.
0: So how then would women or girls be included in this covenant?
2: Yeah, that's a good question because circumcision was a mark in the flesh, and as such it was only administered to males. It designated that this one belonged to the Lord through faith in the promise made to Abraham. So what about women? What about girls? And this is where the order of creation and the order of salvation come together. God affirms in the circumcision of male the headship of fathers for unmarried girls and children in the family, as well as their wives, and and through the headship of their husbands for married women. So you could think about it this way, that the one-flesh relationship of a husband and wife has its fruit in children. And so those children are having their father serve as their head. And then a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and they become one-flesh. And girls, when they are joined to their husband, then there's, if you will, a transfer of headship from the father to the the husband. So it underscores, as I said, both the order of creation and the order of redemption. And we're all, male and female then, descendants of Adam through whom sin entered into the world. And in Christ, the second Adam, we are all male and female redeemed from sin. So what Adam failed to be and then could not do for himself or for the salvation of all of mankind, the entire human family, Christ the second Adam is and does for all mankind, the entire human family. So the, the circumcision of the males in the Old Testament covered the women for whom they were the heads. Uh, wives for in the case of husbands and fathers in the case of little girls.
0: Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. We're looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, the circumcision and the naming of Jesus. He's giving a little catechesis on circumcision before we get into those propers. He's pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin, and director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. We'll talk about why Moses referred to himself as a man of uncircumcised lips when God first called him. If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2022, please make a year-end tax-deductible gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism, and a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2022.
3: For nearly 140 years, the Lutheran Witness has taught the faith, defended it against error, and shown forth the great treasures
1: of the Lutheran Church and biblical doctrine. We're continuing this legacy by publishing issues and articles that help you see the world from a Lutheran perspective
2: and that teach biblical doctrine and show forth the treasures of God's Word. Visit our website to learn more and how to subscribe, witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran
3: Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective.
1: Casting Christ's net on the internet. You're listening to Issues Etc.
3: Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical Curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching, step-by-step, classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR 23 to save on your order. Simplyclassical.com.
1: Not everyone is comfortable with new technology.
0: Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial a podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now.
1: Jesus,
0: Stanza four of the hymn, Jesus, Name of Wondrous Love. We are looking forward to Sunday morning toward the celebration of the circumcision and naming of Jesus, according to the one-year lectionary with Pastor Peter Bender. If you appreciate the Christological creedal and confessional teachings you hear on Issues Etc., please make a year-end tax-deductible gift to support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism, and a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution at issuesetc.org, or by check, make your check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2022. Pastor Bender, why did Moses in the Old Testament refer to himself as a man of uncircumcised lips when God first calls him?
2: That's a good question. When we understand that circumcision is bound up with God's promise made to Abraham, and then the reception of that promise through faith, we get a window into understanding what Moses is really talking about. He was called to be a prophet of the promise that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and its fulfillment as the deliverer of the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt. So he was called by the Lord to proclaim the Lord's word and to deliver the children of Israel on the basis of that promise. So when Moses refers to himself as a man of uncircumcised lips, it is not merely that he's saying, you know, I'm not very skilled at speaking, which of course I think is true if you read the biblical record carefully, but it's more than that. It is as if he were saying, I'm not sure I even believe the very promise I am called to proclaim. So in that expression, He expresses his own doubts, since circumcision was so much associated with faith in the promise and the reception of that promise by faith.
0: Moving to the New Testament, what was the issue with the so-called circumcision party there in the book of Acts and in Paul's epistles?
2: Yeah, the circumcision party, the Judaizers as they were called, these were within the church, and they insisted that... Gentile converts must first be circumcised before they are baptized and then admitted into the church. So it was sort of as if they were saying they must first become Jews and follow the laws of Moses, and then added to that would be faith in Jesus Christ. So just like all the sacrifices of the Old Testament were fulfilled in Christ's sacrifice upon the cross, So the sign of circumcision was also fulfilled in Christ, the ultimate seed of Abraham and the one to whom the covenant of circumcision pointed. So to insist upon circumcision after Christ has come is like insisting upon continuing to do all of the burnt offerings and sin offerings that the Old Testament prescribed. And to do so would be a return to the law. And a rejection of Christ, and it would actually turn these very sacramental gifts of circumcision and the Old Testament sacrifices into works of the law rather than signs of the promise of salvation in the gospel of Christ in Old Testament times. So to continue circumcision, to insist upon it, is to turn the covenant of circumcision from a sign of the gospel that is fulfilled in Christ into a work of the law that ends up rejecting Christ and salvation by grace alone. And this is why Paul and the apostles at the Jerusalem Council come out so strongly against the circumcision party or the Judaizers in the church. So in Jesus' circumcision for us, he is revealed as the Christ, the seed of Abraham, the redeemer of humanity and the second Adam in every way through the blessing of salvation that will be given to all nations through the shedding of his blood. And what happens to Jesus from the time of his conception through to his death is that he fulfills every command and every promise in the Old Testament Torah for us. In his circumcision, we really see highlighted at the very earliest age, eight days of of age, that he is fully human in every sense, a man for us, this second Adam. The shedding of blood on our behalf at eight days of age points forward to the shedding of the blood of Jesus upon the cross. And uh, a lot of the hymns uh, appointed for the circumcision and naming of Jesus speak of it that way. So the name of Jesus, which is also central to the day of the circumcision, that's when the name was given. We think about John the Baptist being given his name on the day of his circumcision. So the name Jesus is given on the eighth day at his circumcision, marking the end of the Old Testament law and its obligations and its requirements, and revealing the content of faith, the fides qua, to which faith the fides qua, to which fides qua, the trust of the heart clings, namely that Jesus is the Lord, he is our salvation, so faith clings to him. Holy baptism unites us now today to Christ, who is the fulfillment of every law and promise of the Old Testament Torah. So if you think about baptism, in baptism, we're giving every obedience that Jesus performed under the Torah to us, And that's why all of those Old Testament ceremonies and obligations and requirements and laws uh, pass away because the fullness is now in Christ. He's the content of saving faith and our baptism unites us to his circumcision, to his death, to his resurrection. He is the ultimate sacrifice for us. And I guess to end this uh, overview catechesis where we began, the foolishness of circumcision should remind us of the foolishness of the cross. And it really cuts across any notion of human self-improvement and New Year's Day kinds of resolutions and pep talk sermons to look forward and hope to the future if we simply pull together and rely upon ourselves and so forth or embrace woke ideology. To human reason, it seems utterly absurd that such a barbaric act uh, should carry such significance for our salvation. But in every way, the covenant of circumcision proclaims salvation by grace alone through the work of Christ alone to then be received by faith alone, a faith that itself is not of our own doing, but is worked in us by the word and spirit of God.
0: What is the collect for this coming Sunday?
2: So the collect, I think, summarizes a lot of this. Lord God, you made your beloved son, our Savior, subject to the law and caused him to shed his blood on our behalf. Grant us the true circumcision of the Spirit, that our hearts may be made pure from all sins. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. So, since Christ was subject to the law and shed his blood on our behalf, and this began at eight days of age, We pray for the true circumcision of the heart. You know, cutting off of the foreskin should make us think about the cutting off of all sin, as Jesus would speak about in the Sermon on the Mount. So the true circumcision of the Holy Spirit is contrition and repentance and faith in Christ, that our hearts may be made pure from all sins. And that is certainly what was worked in Father Abraham. If you think about from the time he was 75 until receiving the covenant of circumcision at the age of 99, he really was taught Uh, through the things that he suffered and the futility of his own works. He was really taught complete and total and utter reliance in broken and contrite faith upon the promise of the Lord Jesus and the seed that would come from his own body who would work redemption.
0: What is the intro for this coming Sunday?
2: The intro is taken from Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8, and then the antiphon is verse 16. It's a Psalm of David. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. So all of the Psalms are only rightly understood through faith in Christ, and with the understanding that He prayed these Psalms, and that these Psalms are fulfilled in Him. So we also pray them, but we pray them with Christ in view, and what He does and what he says becomes our own, that we might receive what he does and what he says. So notice how the psalm catechizes us in understanding that ultimately sacrifice and offering God does not desire. Why? Because Jesus alone will make the sacrifice. And The Old Testament sacrificial system had value insofar as the faith of those participants was in the coming seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, the son of David. What God desires is that we seek him, that we seek his son in contrite faith, for Jesus is the fulfillment of the law for us. So David, who prayed this Psalm initially, was himself a son of the promise. And as anointed king, he was a type or a picture of Christ in his person and in his office as king of Israel from the tribe of Judah. So his words are fitting for the believer in Christ, and his words belong so often in the mouth of Jesus for us. So you think about, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I desire to do your will, O my God, your laws within my heart. That is our Lord's faithful desire, which he fulfilled ultimately in his suffering and death upon the cross. But through faith in the gospel, such desire also is shared by Christians. It's called the desire of the new man or the new will that being a Christian means what's created in us by the word and spirit of God.
0: And the Alleluia verse before we take our break.
2: Yeah, the Alleluia verse is about as long as the gospel reading for the day. The Alleluia verse is Matthew one twenty-one. The gospel is Luke two twenty-one. The Alleluia verse is the verse of the message of the angel of the Lord to Joseph in his dream. She will bear a son. The angel of the Lord tells Joseph, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Important about the verse that sets up this shortest gospel of the year is that the meaning of the name of Jesus that will be given to him at his circumcision is highlighted. He will save his people from their sins, and that name follows the genealogy in Matthew's gospel where all of the sordid background of the history of God's people with all of the blemishes are exposed, is fully laid out and, and even highlighted in a lot of ways by the evangelist Matthew. And it gives content and meaning to the angel of the Lord's word to Joseph, not to be afraid. She is pregnant with a child by the Holy Spirit, and you are to call his name Jesus because he will save his people from
0: their sins. Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. We're looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, discussing the circumcision and the naming of Jesus, and we will get to that very, very short gospel from Luke chapter 2, verse 21, next. Church music directors can find a new community at Prelude to Postlude, the CPH Music blog. Learn helpful tips for managing music ministry and involving members, and meet the composers of some of your favorite new pieces. Plus, find suggestions of music to use for special services, and preview some of our newest works with free samples you can use at your church. Visit us at
1: PreludeToPostlude.org. Teach, learn, connect at Louisville's Our Savior Lutheran Church and School. Our school is the only LCMS school in the greater Louisville metro area. It's a traditional Christian school with a rich history of academic excellence. From preschool through eighth grade, our teachers, staff, and church congregation connect with children across our city every day. Learn more online at Facebook or Twitter or call 502-426-0864. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org.
3: For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House, a charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's Best is just 100 steps away. Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at siestakeyrentalgenie.com or call Virginia at 941-266-1858.
1: Putting Christ back into Christian radio, you're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with
0: us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Ascension of Christ Lutheran, Beverly Hills, Michigan. Christ the King Lutheran, Billings, Montana. Holy Cross Lutheran, Rockland, California. Hope Lutheran, Granite City, Illinois. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Dubuque, Iowa. St. John Lutheran, New Berlin, Illinois. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Lexington, Kentucky. Redeemer Lutheran, Los Alamos, New Mexico. St. Paul Lutheran, Irvine, California. Trinity Lutheran, San Angelo, Texas and Zion Lutheran, St. Charles, Missouri. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Jesus. Welcome back to Issues Etc. On this Thursday, December 29th, we're looking forward to Sunday morning. According to the one-year lectionary to the circumcision and naming of Jesus, Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. Take us into this very short gospel reading from Luke chapter two.
2: It is the shortest gospel reading in the entire church year, bar none. No festival, no Sunday, no minor festival has a shorter gospel than verse 21. It's set up by that Alleluia verse where we hear the theological meaning of Jesus' name, that he is the Lord and he is our salvation, for he saves his people from their sins. And so Luke simply records, and this comes right after the Christmas Eve Gospel, which talks about the shepherds going to the manger and witnessing that there is Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in the manger. And then Luke continues with this Gospel, And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And that Mary and Joseph, named Jesus Jesus, indicates that they, by the grace of God, had received the message of the angel, the word of the gospel by faith, And so they named him according to the Lord's word. This is the shortest gospel reading, but it is packed with meaning. When one is catechized from the Old Testament and the New Testament in the theology of circumcision and in the significance of the name of Jesus, that according to his name and the action, the physical act of circumcision, he fully aligns himself with our humanity So, the Son of God becomes the Son of Man for us. So, Luke simply reports the circumcision and Jesus' naming according to the law as a matter of fact because, let's face it, our faith in Jesus is wrapped up with everything that he did for us, all of the facts. We see it in the second article of the Creed. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, real conception born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate real bodily and spiritual suffering, crucified and died upon the cross bodily. He was buried in the grave bodily for us. And the third day he rose again from the dead and then body and soul risen from the dead. He ascends and is at the right hand of the throne of God. So we believe as Christians in these things that Jesus did, and these things that were done to him for our salvation. So that's where faith rests, Todd, outside of ourselves, The old Latin expression, extra nos, outside of ourselves, in this objective word. And the content of that word are the actions, the actual acts of salvation uh, that Jesus performed for us.
0: The Old Testament reading is number six, beginning at verse 22. How does it read?
2: This is a lovely reading. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So the ironic benediction, which is what this is called, from the Old Testament, given to the priests on the Feast of the Circumcision, having this as the Old Testament and the naming of Jesus, identifies Jesus as the priest of all priests and is itself an absolution based on all that he performed for us in obedience to the law and in fulfillment of the promises of God. So you can see the Trinitarian shape. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance. And this ironic benediction from the Old Testament is used in the divine service in the Lutheran Church today to show this inseparable linkage between the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and the New Testament in Jesus' blood, how the two are joined together in the fulfillment that Jesus came to bring. It puts the name of the Lord upon us. The baptized, we are called by his name, Jesus. And this becomes our comfort and our security. So it indicates that the entirety of the Old Testament was fulfilled in Jesus.
0: Hebrews 8 and 10 sections there form the gradual.
2: Yes, uh, and it's actually a citation in the book of Hebrews from Jeremiah 31, uh, verses 31 through 34, this is the covenant that i will make with the house of israel after those days declares the lord i will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts and i will be their god and they shall be my people i will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more so the book of Hebrews cites the words of the prophet jeremiah the covenant god made with abraham the sign of which was the external cutting off of the foreskin of the male, would come to fruition in the new covenant in Jesus' blood, whereby he would become their God, whereby he would write his law upon their hearts through the gospel, whereby they would become his people through him. And how? The last verse of the gradual indicates this. I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. So we think about elsewhere in Jeremiah, they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. So the gradual anticipates Paul's catechesis in the epistle from Galatians on how circumcision is fulfilled in Jesus And in Jesus' birth and circumcision and in his baptism, he is truly revealed to us as the content of the Old Testament promises of the gospel. And so the Lord Jesus, the seed of Abraham, becomes more fully in focus, and at the heart of his work, how we come to know him and he us, is by this forgiveness that is given and then received by faith.
0: Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. We're looking forward to Sunday morning. According to the one-year lectionary, we're talking about the circumcision and the naming of Jesus. Pastor Bender is pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin, and director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. It's the epistle and some summary when we return.
1: Listen to the best of the Church's Christmas music during the entire Christmas season at lutheranpublicradio.org. During the 12 days of Christmas, Lutheran Public Radio, lutheranpublicradio.org. Several Issues
0: Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the President and Vice Presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28 of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations.
1: More topics, more guests, more Jesus. You're listening to Issues Etc. I'm delighted to be chairman of Preach the Word Project, a project of our synod to strengthen the preaching of all of us pastors in the synod. We know how eternally important that is.
0: Issues Etc. Regular guest, Dr. Carl Fakencher, talking about the new
1: Preach the Word Project. So we've put together a program of 12 modules that will be coming out this year and over the next three years on a variety of preaching topics for pastors to do together with two other pastors, two guys they trust, two guys they feel comfortable with, written materials and very fine video quality materials that are now becoming available. Preach the Word
0: helps pastors work together to improve their
1: preaching with
0: several resources and by interacting with seminary professors and fellow preachers. Find out more at lcms.org preach the word. lcms.org preach the word. Preaching is challenging business. We all can use some fresh ideas. lcms.org preach the word. Jesus, We're talking about the name of Jesus and the circumcision of Jesus. Looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary with Pastor Peter Bender. I'm Todd Wilkin, this is Issues Etc. The epistle for this coming Sunday, Galatians 3, 23 through 29, how does it read?
2: Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. This is a significant passage in the New Testament that helps us understand the Old Testament. Christ's birth, his circumcision, his naming, his death, his resurrection, reveals the content of the faith contained in the commands and promises of the Old Testament law. By law here I'm talking about the Torah which has both commands and promises. So, he's the seed of the woman, Genesis 3:15. He's the seed of Abraham in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17 and 18. The bloody circumcision of Jesus finally reveals him as the Christ the fulfillment of these promises, and the fulfillment of the commands. So all of the Torah finds its fulfillment in Jesus. The one who is the content of our faith comes into full focus in the revelation of the gospel in the New Testament. If someone were to read this epistle and think, well, there was no faith in the Old Testament in the sense of trust of the heart in Jesus, that would be false. What there wasn't was a focused understanding of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus. How is it that he would be Redeemer? How is it that he would save? And of course, in his circumcision, we see the how is it question answered as he begins to spill these tiny droplets of blood at his circumcision. It's going to be through the shedding of blood. Even John the Baptist, at Jesus' baptism, though he knew Jesus was the Christ, yet he was confused. You're coming to me. I have need to be baptized by you. And Jesus says, "Permit it to fulfill all righteousness. It's only after Jesus came out of the water that It was revealed to John, now I understand he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Upon him was imputed the sin of mankind. If you go back to Genesis 15, you have God speaking to Abraham saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Look at that promise. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. I have no offspring. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one, Ishmael, shall not be your heir, nor Eliezer of Damascus, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Look toward the stars of heaven, if you are able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. And then Genesis 15:6 is critical. He believed in the Lord, and he, the Lord, accounted it to him for righteousness. So we say this all of the time. The whole book of Galatians and the book of Romans speak of how Abraham was justified by faith in the promise. So Galatians here, 3, 23 through 29, can't mean that there was no faith in Christ in the Old Testament. But what it rather means is that the full revelation of the person and work of Christ was hidden until Christ comes. And so his birth, his circumcision, his presentation 40 days later in the temple in Jerusalem are all a part of the unfolding and revelation of who Jesus is. So we, like Abraham, are justified, declared righteous, just as Abraham was through faith in Christ. So here we again, this fides qua, the trust of the heart, and the fides qua, the content of that trust. But see how the trust of the heart embraces the content of faith. And it's in the things that Jesus did and the things that were done to him that we see the full revelation of our savior in all of the glory of God's self-giving sacrificial redeeming love in Jesus suffering death and resurrection. So Christ is then the content of our baptism. And this passage certainly indicates that and faith receives him. So notice how the impartiality of grace is highlighted. You know, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. Even the distinctions of being male and female do not apply when it comes to the gift of salvation. You are all one in Christ. And as he says here, you are all sons of God. Huioi tu theu in the Greek means literally sons of God, which is because the sonship of Christ becomes ours in our baptism. So we're all sons of God through faith in Christ because nothing less than Jesus' sonship becomes ours. And we together with Christ, than are Abraham's offspring and inheritors of the promise of salvation. So we're not circumcised today out of obedience to the law because we're baptized into Christ who is circumcised for us. And that is so very comforting. We can already begin to see at his circumcision what Jesus will utter from the cross just before he expires. It is finished. All is accomplished for you.
0: So how would you describe the relationship between circumcision and baptism.
2: Yeah, the relationship between circumcision and baptism is the same relationship between the Old Testament sacrifices and Jesus' sacrifice upon the cross. Those Old Testament sacrifices had value insofar as they pointed to Jesus' sacrifice. Circumcision had value in the Old Testament because it was a sign that pointed to faith in The Jesus, the Christ who was to come. In holy baptism, everything that Jesus did in fulfillment of the sacrifices of the Old Testament and everything Jesus did in his circumcision for us is then ours in baptism. So baptism unites us fully with Christ Jesus so that what he does becomes our own. And to go back to the Old Testament ceremonies, would be a actual rejection of Jesus rather than an embracing of him.
0: Summarize this coming festival of the naming of Jesus and his circumcision in terms of law and gospel.
2: Yeah, I think on New Year's Day, many churches are going to be giving pep talks, the power of positive thinking, a kind of Norman Vincent Peale type of sermons, or they may be extolling woke ideology and speaking against the humanity as it is ordered by God at creation, male and female, and the one flesh union of holy matrimony, and what it is to be married as husbands and wives and have children and so forth, and extolling the virtues of finding some sort of kingdom of God through your own efforts on earth. Our malady to which the law must be addressed is that, number one, that we see faith In Christ as our work rather than God's gift that he works in us. I would say also number two that we see baptism and all the sacraments also as our work rather than God's gift of Christ for us. I mean if Jesus was baptized and didn't baptize himself, How much more is baptism God's work for us? The Lord's Supper is not our sacrifice. It is a sacrament whereby we receive him, pure gift. And the word of the gospel is to call us to faith in that. So I think we have to address this notion of seeing our faith in Christ as our work, seeing the sacraments as our work. Number three, that we see Jesus as a lawgiver, a self-help guru or a wise sage who coaches us as we go into the new year on how to bring about our own spiritual fulfillment or a more prosperous and productive life rather than relying upon our Savior. I think that's one of our problems too. And even lifelong dedicated Lutheran Christians suffer from that temptation. And I think finally, a malady here is that we don't believe that Jesus works are our righteousness and the source of comfort and strength for the living our lives, for confronting challenges in the new year and throughout our lives. And so the extolling of the righteousness of Christ as the sole source of comfort and the engine for living the Christian life is critically important. That would lead us into the gospel, the unique gospel from the circumcision of our Lord and the naming of Jesus. And I would cite four points here. Number one, Christ has fulfilled every command and promise of God for you, everything for you. Number two, he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin at the age of eight days, fully aligning himself with your sinful flesh to save you from your sins, to proclaim to you that your bodies and life, the way God made you, men and women and children, is loved by him, accepted by him, has value by him because of his sacrifice, is redeemed by him in every way that you may be his own. Number three, he's placed his name upon you in holy baptism. He accomplished everything for you. The Lord is your salvation, just as the name of Jesus proclaims. And then finally, number four, the name of Jesus your sins are forgiven and in the name of Jesus, he strengthens you with his forgiveness again and again and again throughout every day of the new year to live your life without fear, with faith in Christ and to love the neighbor. I like to encourage people, you know, every morning you get up and say, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, I am baptized into Christ. His righteousness is my righteousness. I am joined to his death and resurrection. He has placed his name upon me. This is my comfort. This is my strength. Nothing will separate me from the love of my Savior, who from eight days of age began to suffer and shed his blood for me, that in the day of the resurrection, through the word of absolution and forgiveness in Jesus' name, I may abide eternally in the consolation of his love and bear every cross and affliction of life with patience and courage and steadfast hope.
0: Pastor Peter Bender is pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin, and director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. Peter, thank you for your time. Thank you, Todd. As we approach the beginning of a new calendar year, be sure to bookmark adcrucem.com. Adcrucem provides unique, high-quality greeting cards, church banners, ornaments, jewelry, posters, housewares, fine arts, and more. A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. After the break, we'll study the Christmas hymn, Let All Together Praise Our God, with Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. You're connected to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin.
1: is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. This is Pastor Tyler Arnold of Village Lutheran Church in Ladue, Missouri. The Saints at Village are proud to be an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. If you are in the St. Louis area, join us for the Divine Service at 8.15 or 10.45 a.m., Bible Study and Sunday School at 9.30 a.m., as we receive Christ's promise of salvation and forgiveness through word and sacrament. You can find us at VillageLutheranChurch.org. Village Lutheran in St. Louis welcomes you. Lutheran Talk The cause of our salvation doesn't lie within us, but instead it lies outside of us,
0: namely in the mercy of our God who sends his Son to live and die and rise again for us.
1: Lutheran Music Listen anytime, anywhere with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org.